Good morning, all seasons. All right, half of you are here. Where's the other half of you? Good morning, all seasons. Okay, that was the same half. So the other half is just not going to talk this morning. That's okay. Uh, so we got a little snow today. It may get snowed in. No. Everybody get their milk and bread. No. What are you doing? You're not going to have your milk sandwiches during the great blizzard of 2022? Okay, you can laugh, it's church. It's okay to do that. But I'm so glad that you were here this morning, and we are thrilled that you are uh, uh, here with us for worship and now for the Word, and I'm excited to be here with you this morning. And so uh, let's get started this morning. Uh, We're in a brand new year. It's 2022. You survived 2021. Congratulations. Uh, For some of you, uh, going into a new year, it's a good thing. Some, it's a bad thing. Some, it's... You're undecided yet. You don't know what to think about the new year. Uh, But new years are always uh, a very interesting time because now you get to kind of imagine what the new year is going to be like. Is it going to be a good year? Is it going to be a bad year? Is it going to be a year full of uh, opportunities? Is it going to be a year full of failures? Am I going to get a new job? Am I going to get a promotion at my current job? Am I going to find the love of my life? Am I going to, you know... uh, run out of money? Am I going to get a new house? Am I going to get a new car? And what's going to happen? Am I going to lose any family members? Am I going to gain a family member? And so we, we going into a new year, there's all these questions that circle around and what is it going to look like? What is it going to be? And so normally at the beginning of uh, 2022, you'll see a lot of pastors, preachers, you know, different men and women uh, who get up here and and preach. They want to get up here and give you a sermon on what the new word is for 2022. And uh, most of the time, it's a positive word like blessing or favor or growth or anything like that. And I'm not going to do that this morning. Uh, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not here to preach to you this morning and tell you that 2022 is going to be your best year yet and you're going to be blessed and you're going to get lots of money and you're going to get that raise and you're going to get that job and you're going to get that that fine looking husband or that beautiful young looking wife. I'm not I'm not here to promise you all that. Uh, I'm no snake oil salesman who's going to, you know, sell you water in a bottle and say that if you drink it, you know, you'll fly. I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I was preparing this uh, for this morning. I was sitting there in my office and I was praying. I was, okay, okay, God, you know, what do I need to, what, what's the, what's the word for the people this morning? Where do you want to go? What do you want to say? And while I don't have, you know, the prophetic word for 2022, I do feel like the Spirit of God wanted to, wanted me to mandate something to everybody in the room today. That's two words. Get ready. Get ready. You see, get ready is a challenge to prepare yourself for something that is coming. Get ready. If I tell you that a storm is coming and I tell you to get ready, you generally know what that means. You know that, okay, storm's coming. I need to get ready. I need to make sure there's water in the house. I need to make sure there's a flashlight and batteries. I need to make sure that everything is taken care of and done so that when the storm comes, I'm ready. I'm prepared. But also, if I tell you to get ready, it can mean a good thing. I can say, okay, get ready. Why? Because family's coming over. 
and you haven't seen this family in a long time. And so now, family, so now I've got to get the, the good plates out. I've got to get the table set. I've got to get space ready. Why? Because family's coming. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great weekend. It's gonna be, so get ready can mean anything. And so this morning, what does that mean in the context of Scripture when I say get ready? We're going to look in the Bible at 2 Kings chapter 4, starting with verse 1. And it's a story that several of you will know, but we're going to start and we're going to read through. And it says this, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha. This is what she said. She said, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. But the creditor has come to take my two children to be as slaves. And Elisha said to her, What should I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons, and as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel, and he said to her, there is no more, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God what had happened, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live off of the rest. So this is a story that you've probably heard before and it's a miraculous story this woman she's she doesn't have any money and you got to understand the context of this story back in those times women didn't have jobs as far as paying jobs they didn't that was just the culture of how things were the man the husband was the one who went out had the job worked got all the money and the woman she stayed home and took care of the kids That's just how that was. And so when the husband died, there is now suddenly a lack of income. There's no money coming in at all. And what was supposed to happen was the husband, before he died, he was supposed to leave his family, especially if his kids were not old enough to work just yet. Because if dad dies, now the sons have got to work. But if the sons were not old enough yet to work and bring in a meaningful income, the husband was to leave the family enough behind to take care of themselves. Well, that wasn't the case in the story. Unfortunately, there wasn't enough to be left behind. And so now the bank comes knocking and goes, listen, your husband owed us this much money and you've got to pay it. And she says, I don't, I don't have anything to pay you with. All I've got is an empty house with a jar of oil and that's it. So what do they do? They say, well, if you can't pay us, we're going to have to take your kids. And then we'll pawn them off for, for labor. And that's, that'll be how you pay your debt to us. And so now she has no, no answer, all these questions and no answers. And she begins to wonder, what am I going to do? Because I've lost my husband. I can't lose my kids. And so she goes, she goes to the Lord. She goes to Elisha. Elisha was like a direct line to God. You know, he was the prophet of God. So whatever he spoke, you know, it was like God speaking to you. And so she goes to Elisha, and Elisha asks her all these questions and tells her what to do. She goes and she does it. Miraculous story. It's awesome. Now, how do we apply this today to our lives? How do we learn 
from this story today, how does this apply to the two words, get ready? Well, when she goes to Elisha, what does Elisha do? Elisha tells her, you need to go out, find some vessels, empty them, and bring them into your house. When you do that, take the jar of oil, begin to fill each vessel. When the vessel's full, set it aside. When you run out of vessels, the oil is going to stop flowing. Then you can sell all that, pay your debts, you can live off the rest, you and your sons will be good to go. This was a moment where Elisha was basically telling this woman, get ready. It's like I said earlier, get ready is another way to say prepare yourself. Get ready because God is about to move. God is about to do something. And the amount that you prepare yourself for is the amount that you will receive. Do you follow me so far? The same way in, in, in this year, in 2022, what you prepare for, you will receive. Does that make sense? What you prepare for, what you get ready for, you will receive. You will inherit. Your preparedness is detrimental to what God does in your life. And so if I challenge you this morning and I say get ready because God is going to move, what I'm telling you to do is prepare yourself for how much you want God to move. Look back at 2021. For some of you it was a great year, some of you it wasn't. Did God stop moving at any point in 2021? Yes or no? No. Scripture tells us that he's what? He's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, ever, ever, ever. He's the same. And so God never did stop moving in 2021, but there are probably some moments last year where you were like, God, are you even moving? God, are you even listening? Are you, are you even speaking? Do you even see me right now? And the answer is, yes, God saw you. Yes, God was moving. Yes, God was speaking. The problem falls on us. Do we agree? Let's all come to an agreement in the room. Do we believe that God is limitless in his power and capabilities? That there is nothing in the world that he can't do? Do we believe that? Amen. So then what limits God? We do. We limit God. We limit what God can do. If God is limitless and God can do anything and God is the, the, as incredible as we read about and preach about and talk about, then why in the world do we feel so limited? It's because we limit him. We put limits on God. Our preparedness for what God can do is so small and minute that when God does move, it's like that was it. That was like a drop in the bucket. But how much did you prepare for? How much did you expect God to move? Let me illustrate it in another way. I've got up here on stage, I've got this big old pot. I found the biggest one I could find. This is what I got. Now, if I was going to take this pot and I was going to fill it with water, life-giving water, because we all need water to survive, right? We all agree on that. That is a fact of life. We all need water to survive. Y'all quit drinking all them caffeinated beverages. It's not good for you. We need water. Now, if I fill it with water, we can all agree I'm going to have some water for a long time, right? Even if I get really thirsty, there is no way I'm going through this whole pot of water in a day. It's going to take me a while to go through this whole pot of water. I got another little vessel up here with me, too. Got my little cup. 
Now, I can, I can put the exact same life-giving water from that pot into this cup. We all agree, yes? But here's the difference. You know the difference. It's how much it can contain. It's how much it can hold. If I fill this up to the very top with water, and I say, I've got a full vessel of water. That sounds good, but I'm going to go through it in about five minutes. And then in an hour, guess what? I'm thirsty, and I ain't got no more water. But if I have this vessel and I fill it to the top, I can drink from it and drink from it, and I can come back, and there's always more. There's always more. Why? Because I prepared, I was ready for a magnitude, a greater magnitude of a blessing. I was preparing myself for more. We limit what God can do. Sometimes in our lives, we come to God with this kind of a mindset. God, fill me up this much. God, can you pour out this much in my life? Your, your word says that I can have blessings that are beyond my imagination. But besides all that, can you just give me this much? Your Bible that you wrote, because you are the word of God, Lord, your word itself says that I can do greater things than what Jesus did when he walked the earth. But can you just give me this much? All these things, I can have anything I could ever think of. I can do greater things, but just give me enough to get by. Just give me a little bit. I just need a little thirst quencher. I'm not trying to get all of this. I just need a little bit to get by. And that's the problem where I think we're at today is what are you preparing yourself for this year, 2022? What are you preparing for? So if I say get ready, get ready for what? Get ready for God to do the most, the greatest, the best things you could ever imagine in your life this year. If I tell you that, you're going to go and you're going to, you're going to stick with this right here. Okay, if God, if you're going to do the greatest and the best and the most, then I'm going to prepare myself with as much as I can take. Amen? But here's the problem. We know that God can bless. We know that God can touch and deliver. We know God can save. But yet we constantly choose this right here. We choose just a little bit. We choose a small amount. We, we, we choose, God, I, I'm going to come in on Sunday. I'm going to come in on Wednesday. And I'm going to get just enough, just enough of you to get me through the week. Just enough of you. Just enough of you. Can I, can I put it to you in another way? Some of you may not have, maybe going through financial problems. Maybe you don't have a dime to your name but you've got a headache this morning and you serve the God of the universe and he could totally rock your financial world if you prepared for him to do that. But you go, God, could you just touch my head? I don't want my head to hurt. And God's like, well, sure, I could do that. I, I, can, I can do the little, but I could also do so much more. Some of you are bound up in all kind of addiction and bondage and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. And you're like, God, if you'll just give me the strength to get through the day. 
And God's like, well, sure, I'm there. I can be your strength. I can get you through the day. But I also can offer you so much more. But what are you preparing for? If it was your child in the story that was at risk of being taken, and the man of God and God spoke to you and said, I need you to go get as many vessels as you can. I need you to get ready for what God is about to do. How many is too many? How much is too much? How little is too little? Would you go get 10 and be done? 20? 50? 100? Can I ask you a question? Can we, can we use our imagination this morning? If I told you to build a house, build a house, make it how big you wanted to make it, but when you're, when you're done building it, I'm going to fill that house, every inch of it, with $100 bills. Just going to just take a blower and start blowing it full of $100 bills, cash. How big of a house would you build? Pretty big house, right? Can I tell you what I would do? I go take out a multi-million dollar loan and I build a house bigger than this church. <laughs> and then when you start blowing all that money in here, it's going to be fine. I'm going to pay it off. It's going to be a-okay. And then I'm going to have a lot left over. Amen? I'm going to prepare myself for the absolute most that I can get because I've been promised so much more. So when God comes and he promises us so much more through his word, and he says, I can give you the more, I can give you the greatest, I can give you the best, I can give you anything. His word literally says that abundantly, above all, more than you could ever think or imagine. I can imagine some pretty wild stuff. And if it goes above that, why am I settling for less? Why am I settling for the drop in the bucket when God promises me so much more and he promises me more than I could ever imagine? Why do I settle for less? It's because we have such low expectations of who God is. We lower our expectations. I was talking to somebody after the first service and I, I, I thought he put it in such a great format. Because I remember when I was a kid, and if you remember as a kid too, it was always kind of awkward. It was always kind of weird to go to mom and dad and ask for money. You know, and you would always ask for just a little bit because you didn't want to seem like you were being bothersome. And you didn't want to seem like you were asking for too much. You didn't want to seem like you were being a leech or a mooch or whatever. So, you know, you'd just be like, hey, dad, can I, uh, can I borrow $5? And, of course, mom and dad don't care. You know, they, they, they love you. They're going to take care of you. And, and what's the first thing they're going to say? What you need $5 for? You tell them, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, so some, some friends and I are going to go out to eat. Where are y'all going to eat at? Red Lobster? And you need $5? And you're going to eat at Red Lobster? What you going to get for $5? Biscuits? And a Sprite? Is, is that all you're going to have? No. And then what, what are they going to do? They're going to take out their wallet and they're going to give you $40. And say, y'all go have a nice lunch. Give you $20. Go have, go have a nice dinner. Go, go, go do this. And the same way with God, we kind of, 
you know, timidly approach the throne of God and go, God, if you don't mind, if it's not any trouble, if it's not a bother, could you maybe kind of, sort of, if it's okay, bless me, help me, open a door, kind of, could you do, could you do, could you do, could you do a little something for me? Y'all ever seen people begging for money with a cup and they shake the little cup of change? If you could just, and sometimes that's how we ask God for things. If you don't mind, God, could you just, whatever you've got left, if you've got anything, I'll gladly take it. Can I tell you what a great man of God wrote about in the Bible? His name was David. David was writing in Psalms and he said, I was young and now I am old. And he said, never have I seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. So why is the church begging for the scraps that God can give us? When he says time and time again, he says, what you ask for, I will give to you. You know, Matthew 7, 7, what does it say? It says, ask and you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you'll knock, the door will be opened. If you, if you just have faith, if you just ask, God says, I'm there. I can do it. I can, I can do it. I can open that door. I can be there. I can answer that prayer. I can deliver. I can save. I can set free. I can do whatever you ask of me. But all you've got to do is ask. All you've got to do is come boldly and say, God, this is what I need. I want the church to be bold in 2022. I want you to have bold expectations. I want you to have great expectations. I want you to, to not have to go timidly to God and ask for just the bare minimum, but I want you to be crazy and wild enough to ask God for insane things. What? That's crazy. Exactly. That's the point today. Be crazy. Be a little wild. Ask for some pretty impossible things. I should ask for impossible things? Yes. Why? Because you serve the God of the impossible. You serve the God of the impossible. If I sat down next to a millionaire, he said, if you, if you ask for any dollar amount, I'll write the check right now. How much would you ask for? Some of us would probably go, oh, I don't want to ask for too much, so $10,000. Because I could help. Could $10,000 help anybody right now? I ain't going to give it to you. I'm just asking if it can help. <laughs> it can help me. But if I was next to somebody who had millions of dollars and said, if you give me any amount, it's yours. And if I just said $10,000, a fraction of what he could give me, what am I doing? And God says, I can give you so much. I can do so much. You can have an abundant life. My wife talks about this all the time. She watches people. My wife, she's an observer just like I am. And she watches people and she goes, Chase, I don't understand. I say, what? You see, she would say, you see that person? Yeah. Now they're saved. They're a Christian, right? As far as I know, yeah. The Bible says that if we're saved and we're living for the Lord, that we can have an abundant life. It says that Christ came to give us life and life, what? Abundantly. And she'll say, I'm looking at their life, and I just don't see abundance. And if I don't see abundance, then they're not walking in the full promise 
of what God gave them. Do you follow me? Look at your life right now. Where's the abundance? If you're not walking in abundance, could it be you're not walking in the full promise of what God has given to you? And if you're not walking in the full promise of what God has given to you, then I would challenge you to prepare yourself for God to do more. Expect God to do more. This woman in the story in Scripture, she had no clue that this would actually work. She didn't have a guarantee. She had faith. Faith is not a guarantee. Faith is just hope. She hoped that this would work. She had faith that this would work. But it wasn't guaranteed that she was going to get enough money to save her sons. She wasn't guaranteed that the oil was never going to stop running out. There was no guarantee. There was no certainty with this. But she said, you know what? I've got nothing else to lose. So I'm just going to go out and collect as much as I can. And either God's going to do what he says he's going to do or he's not. What are you going to lose if you expect God to do more? You already don't have enough now. So either God's going to prove to you that he's God or he's not. When Hope and I, when we got married, this is going to seem trivial. It is, but this is just how cool God is. I think God's a very cool God. He's awesome. When Hope and I, when we were about to get married, we were a few weeks out, but we had planned uh, a honeymoon trip. Got to have one of those. Got to go get away, see some new sites, all that good stuff. We, we planned out our honeymoon trip, but guys, we didn't have no money. Didn't have a dime. We loved each other, and that was it. Love and ramen, that's how we made it. We had no money. and so, But we had the trip planned. And I remember we were looking at each other one night, and we were talking, and we were just like, we really want to go on this trip, but we just don't have the money. And I don't think, you know, I, I could have looked at her and said, well, God doesn't really care if we go on a vacation or not. I don't really think this is worth praying about. But I was like, no, let's pray about it. Because we need to go have some time together. We need to go have some time together. So let's pray about it. And so, guys, we took a blank envelope we sealed it, and we took it to church, and we took it down to the altar. And we said, Lord, we want to go on a honeymoon. This is what it cost. It was a little over $2,000. We want to go on a honeymoon trip. This is what it costs. Meet the need, because we ain't got nothing but ramen. That's 25 cents. We ain't got nothing. Gosh, but two weeks later, somebody put $2,000 in our hands to go on that honeymoon. That sounds crazy. That sounds insane. It's like, what? Chase, that's awesome. It was. It was a great vacation. We had an awesome time. But what was crazy was I said, God, I'm going to prepare for you to do something incredible. It may not seem super important to a lot of other people, but I'm going to prepare. I'm going to get ready because your word says that if I'm living a, a righteous life and I'm living for you, I, I fall underneath the, the, the inheritance that you can give me. And I believe that you can pour it out on me. I believe that I can have everything that you have access to. What if I told you this? Everybody in this room, everybody, you have within you, because of the Holy Spirit, you have the ability 
to do what Jesus did when he walked this earth. You could lay hands on the sick and the sick be recovered just like that. You could pray for a blind man, his eyes could be open like that. You could. You could speak in wisdom and knowledge. You could, you could operate in all kinds of gifts of the Spirit. Don't go try and walk on water now. I think that was a one-time thing. But you can do all these great things. But how many of us just rely on the pastor to do the cool miracles? Because I can't do all that. Well, the Word of God very clearly says you can do it. But are you preparing yourself? No, I'm going to stick with this. I'm saved, and Jesus makes me feel good every Sunday. Just a little bit to get me by. That's all I want. Just going to get by. Get by, get by, and then one day I'm going to die, and then I get to be with Jesus. And so you're just going to live your life drop to drop to drop until one day you can finally be with him. And Jesus says, no, I've, I've promised you life abundantly. I've promised you don't have to just be in misery your entire time here on this earth. Go to your Bibles to Luke. Luke chapter 16, verse 24 It's a parable that's being taught, and there was a rich man who lived a very luxurious life. He died and goes to hell. There was also a blind, poor man named Lazarus. He dies and goes to Abraham's bosom. Now, Luke 16, 24, this is what it says. It says, and he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in anguish in this flame. Guys, can I be honest with you? If I was on fire, okay, I was burning, flames were all on my suit, my hair, everywhere. I'm not going to call and be like, somebody come put a drop of water on me. What am I going to do? What am I going to ask for? Get a bucket, get a hose. Get a lot of water. Do something. Get the fire out. Get me out of here. What does this man do? Just give me a drop. Just give me a drop of water. Just give me, just give me a little bit. Some of you have been in anguish for so long. You have been in misery. You have been in absolute misery for so long. And all you ask for from God is, God, if you'll just give me just a drop of water, just a little bit, so I don't have to feel like I'm suffering so bad. If you'll just give me a little bit, if you'll just, if you'll just come and just dip your finger in the water, then touch my tongue, that, that'll make it a little bit better, but you'll still be in misery. You'll still be in the same problem. You'll still be in the same circumstance. When God says, look, I can change the circumstance. I can get you out of the problem. I can flip the entire script, but all you're asking for is just a little bit of something when I can change everything. If you will expect more, I can do more. If you will ask for more, I could do more. If you believe for more, I can do more. But we've got to get ready. We've got to get ready. We've got to prepare ourselves for what God can do. We have to go and, and collect and prepare and say, I'm making more room. I'm making more space. I'm going to believe God for more and ask God for more. I'm going to seek God for more. 
to everybody, if you look to your left and you look to your right, you'll notice a bunch of one thing, empty chairs. There's a lot of them, right? Now somebody answer me this, is that a good or a bad thing? I say it's both. It's a bad thing, why? Because they're empty. But it's a good thing, why? Because there's a chair for somebody in here. That if I go out and I bring somebody in, I can say, I got a chair for you here at church. I've got a place for you. I've got room for you. When they built this building, when they built this church, can I tell you, they didn't build it big enough for the members on the registry at the time. They didn't build it big enough just to house the amount of people that were attending at the time. They built it bigger than, what, than however many people were coming at the time. They built it a lot bigger than how many people were coming at the time. Why? Because they were getting ready. They were preparing for God to do something bigger than what they could imagine. How much bigger do you expect God to move in your life? How much big? And see, what's going to be crazy is I guarantee you, uh, Pastor Tim will do it. When, when all these seats get full, he'll go, I should have built a bigger church. Because what you prepare for, what you expect, God's going to do. The only problem is we hold our expectations so low. And that's in every facet of our life. Now, I'm a college and career pastor. Before that, I was a youth pastor. So I've been around teenagers and I've been around uh, young adults. And so what I've noticed is that even our teenagers have low expectations of God. Now, as their youth pastor, I would preach to these kids and tell these kids, this is what you can do. This is what you can have. This is what you can be. What do they do? No, I just, I just want, the, I, I want the bare minimum. I would tell these young ladies, they wanted to date. And see, I, I'm not very for dating when you're a teenager. That's my opinion. Don't, don't shoot the messenger. That's just my opinion, okay? All right, we good? We good, okay? Now, I'm not, I'm not much for dating when you're a teenager. I think you need to focus on the Lord and yourself. You need to get a little bit more mature before you start thinking about who you're going to marry. But a lot of these young ladies, they wanted to date, and they would date the absolute worst guys they could find. And they would be like, Pastor Chase, do you want to meet my boyfriend? And I'd be like, sure, but you're not going to like what I have to say. And they'd bring him in, and I'd shake his hand. I was polite. I was godly. I'd shake his hand, and I'd, I'd ask him the following questions. Where do you go to church? Do you know the Holy Spirit? What are your intentions in dating her? Those are the three questions I asked. And the first question, most of the time it was a Baptist church. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Don't shoot the messenger. You can laugh as church. <laughs> but on question number two, they would go, uh, I think so. And number three, they would go, um, I guess to marry her. That'd be, that would be their answers. And so then... Later on, when I'll be talking to the, to, the, to the young lady, she would go, well, what did, you think of, what did you think of John? And I would go, I'll tell you what I thought of John. I think you can do a whole lot better. I think God's got somebody a lot better. Well, what do you mean? He's nice to me. Well, yeah, a lot of people can be nice to you, but that don't mean that's who you need to live with the rest of your life. But what, what, what was going on? What was happening? Their expectations were low. 
And they thought, well, he goes to church and he says that he loves Jesus, so that's got to be who God has for me. No, hold up, sister. That don't, that don't mean two cents in my book. You need to examine the fruits of his life and see where he's going with his life. Same thing on the other side. You need to see what her fruits are and where she's going with her life. But expectations were low. And then you wouldn't believe their faces when I looked at them and told them, guys, you could pray for somebody who has cancer and that cancer could disappear like that. No, I can't. That's what they said. No, I can't. Uh Uh-uh. I can't do that. Yes, you can. The Bible says so. Well, mm -mm, not me. Why? Because they didn't expect God to do much with their life. They knew that God loved them because they learned that in Sunday school. They knew that God had a plan for them. Why? Because somebody told them that. But they didn't know what to expect out of God in their life. And so when somebody shows up and says, you can have all this, you can have all this great uh, freedom, you can have joy, you can have peace, you can have, you know, all of, you can have, you can, the, what the Bible has to offer, you can have it all. God offers it, you can have it. And they're like, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can. That's what I'm telling you this morning. Whatever the Bible says you can have, guess what? You can have it. It's yours. It's yours. That's why he wrote it down in Scripture, not for us to go, oh, that was nice for that one person, but never for me. No, it's for you too. All you've got to do is get ready for it. You've got to prepare. You have to put yourself in a position to receive that. And if you never put yourself in that position, you'll never receive it. You'll never get it. You'll never see the more, the abundance that God has for you. I want to say one last thing before I transition and start winding this thing down. I see a lot of the times these sweepstakes because I, I love sports, and unfortunately, last night was pretty terrible. I'm a Patriots fan. We were beat by 30. It was awful. I just sat there, and I watched in bitter disappointment as my team was knocked out of the playoffs, but it's okay. But there was a sweepstakes that the team ran earlier in the week where if you entered your name and your email address, you could win a couple of tickets to go to the game. I thought, why not? Now, did I win? No. But when I entered, I instantly prepared myself with the opportunity to win. Are you seeing what I'm saying? If you never, ever prepare and give yourself the opportunity to receive what God has for you, then you never will. If you never go out and say, okay, God, I've created this space, this opportunity for you to move. And I don't know how you're going to do it, but here's the chance, here's the opportunity. If you never do that, you can just go ahead and quit praying and, and, and believing that he's going to do it if you never create the opportunity for him to do that. Some of you have broken families, and you've been praying for years, God, heal my broken family. God, heal my broken family. God, just bring unity. Just reunite us. Can I give you a piece of advice? Prepare for a unified family. 
get ready for a unified family. How do I do that? Go ahead and set that extra plate out at dinner time and call and invite them. Well, they're not going to show up. No, but what you're doing is you're getting ready for the night that they do show up. Are you following me? Some of you have been praying, God, deliver me. God, deliver me from my addiction. Deliver me from my problems. Deliver me from the stuff that's been dragging me through the mud. God says freedom is yours. It's yours. You just got to prepare yourself to have it. And how do you prepare yourself? Well, you need to get away from the people and the stuff that keep getting you involved with that junk. You need to get ready. You need to prepare yourself for God to do what he said he's already going to do. You need to put yourself in a position where God can move in your life. Just like the woman did with the vessel. She went out and she got as many as she could get. I want to transition now as I close this down. I want to speak now not to the individual. I want to speak to the church as a whole. I want to speak to the body of Christ, the body of believers that are in this room. We love to to shout and jump up and down and wave our hands at one particular scripture. You know what it is? Don't guess. I'm going to tell you. Joel 2.28. Anybody know what it says? This is what it says. And I'm going to put it up there. Joel 2.28. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Then it goes on. And then I won't read the rest of it, but it goes on. Your servants and your handmaidens and all these. We love that verse. I hear that verse quoted a lot. I hear it, and a lot of people shout with it, because like in the last days, yeah, that's where we're at right now. We're in the last days. I'm going to pour out my spirit. Yes, he's going to pour on all flesh. Yes, that's me. That's you. That's your kids, your grandkids. That's everything. He's going to pour out his spirit. Not unless we have some empty vessels. Not unless we have prepared ourselves for the outpouring of his spirit. Think back to the story with the woman and the vessel. It said that the oil only stopped flowing when what happened? When she ran out of empty vessels. You want my opinion on why the church, why we think God has stopped moving in the church, why we think it's not like it used to be? I think we are at the place right now because we're out of empty vessels. I think we're out of empty vessels. What do you mean? I think there's a lot of people out there who need to hear what's being said in here. Problem is they're out there. Elisha told her, go outside and bring the vessels in. Church, it's time to go outside and start bringing the vessels in. Because I love how the story is, is said. It said that She would take her jar of oil and she would pour it into a vessel. And when that vessel got full, she'd move to the next and then the next and then the next. And as long as there was an empty vessel, the oil, the anointing, the spirit kept moving. Church, I believe that we need to be like this woman and we need to be bringing in more empty vessels. We need to be bringing in more We need to be bringing them in from the streets, from our neighbors, from down the road. Hey, come with me. 
come with me. Where are you taking me? I'm taking you somewhere where everything that you've told me you're going through, all the hard things you said that you were going through, I'm taking you to the one place where I believe they can be answered. Not to a pastor, not to a preacher or a teacher, but to the God of all the universe who can do anything and everything he says he can do. Amen? If you will, stand with me this morning. If I could have musicians or music. This is, this is the mandate. This is the challenge for today, for 2022. Prepare yourself for what you want God to do this year. Think about this year. What do you want to see happen? What do you want to see happen in your life, in your family, in this church, in your own ministry? What do you want to see God do? It's dependent on you what God does. I know that sounds backwards. I know that sounds crazy. But it's dependent on you what God does. If you say, I'm just going to make it through 2022, I'm just going to crawl and make it, I'm just going to drag myself through the mud again, but I'm going to make it, then guess what? That's all you're going to do. But if you determine today, I am going to expect and ask and believe God for this to be the wildest, craziest year that I have ever experienced, guess what you're going to have? Wild, craziest experience you're going to have. When Hope and I got married, we made, a, we made a dumb mistake. It's awesome, but it was dumb. We were praying one day. And I just, I felt bold in my prayer. I felt, anybody else just get confident when you're praying? And you just start asking for crazy stuff. That's what I was doing. And I said something I shouldn't have. I said, God, we're going to be a family that lives miracle to miracle. So we're going to be a family that lives miracle to miracle. It hit me afterwards when we stopped praying that for us to live miracle to miracle, we need a miracle. <laughs> and so we have found ourselves in more situations where we need a miracle. And hope's like, why is this happening? And I'm like, because I prayed that stupid prayer if I, if I hadn't said that. <laughs> But can I tell you what? Every single time we've needed a miracle, guess what? God's been there. Why? Because I said from the get-go, I'm going to prepare myself and my family for God to do something unbelievable. I'm going to share a little bit of a testimony. Not my whole testimony. I'm not going to keep you here for an hour. A tiny portion, if you will. And then I'll close. Why? Because I want to challenge you. Earlier this summer, Hope and I began to feel the, 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 the need for us to step down from the church that we were at and that it was getting time for us to move, move elsewhere. It's a very hard thing to do. It's very hard for you to, because we, we loved our church family. There wasn't an issue. There wasn't a problem. There was no flat between me and my former pastor. Me and him still talk on the regular. Love that man. But we just felt like it was time. Seasons come and end. We feel like ours was coming to an end. We hope and I, we worked youth camp. They had youth camp here. We had an awesome encounter with God, and God basically confirmed it. He, said, he basically said, yeah, it's time to go. I said, okay. 
Hope said, what are you going to do? I said, when we get home, I'm going to hand in my resignation. Okay, where are you going to go next? <laughs> I can't tell you. I ain't got a clue. But you're still going to resign? Yeah. That's crazy. Why would you do that? I just feel like I got to do this. I feel like God has said to do it. So I went, I met with my pastor, told him what I was going to do. He said, are you sure? I said, no. <laughs> I said, but I have faith that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. At the time, I was part-time at the church, part-time working elsewhere. And so we immediately took a big pay cut because now half my income was gone. Gone. I resigned, remember? And so now we're having to scramble for money a little bit harder. It's not as easy anymore. God's still good, though. He's still got an answer. I talked to the people necessary. I said, hey, guys, y'all just be listening. If anything comes open, you know, we're, we're looking to, to go to another place. And, you know, if you hear anything or whatever. And I don't want to sound cocky, but I thought, you know, Surely somebody will call and be like, hey, I hear Chase looking for a job. I'd love to hire him. And a couple of days passed, no phone call, no text. A week passed, no phone call, no text. So I started texting people again. Hey, just, just so you all know, here I am. I'm ready. Ready to be hired. Nothing. Second week comes by, guess what? No phone call. Nothing. Now my ego feels a little bruised. My feelings are kind of hurt. I'm like, surely somebody needs a youth pastor, needs a pastor, needs something somewhere. Surely, somebody. Mm -mm. No phone call. Third week comes by, nothing. The next week starts, another work week, and I was part-time with my dad-in-law in the construction business, and we were getting ready to lay to uh, pour concrete at one of his newest builds, and it was raining. Oh, my God. It was just... And it was red clay dirt, too, in the rain. Yeah, it was horrible. Anyways, thunderstorm comes out of nowhere. I'm running to my truck through all this red clay. It's everywhere. And I get in my truck. Now mud's all in the truck. And I'm soaking wet. And I'm driving home to go get a bite to eat. And I'm just, you ever just hit your steering wheel? Not too hard. Don't want to get the airbag in your face. But you ever just start banging on your steering wheel in frustration and anger? That was me. Anybody ever just yell at God? Come on, you ain't got to be too spiritual, because I have. I, 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 was just, I was just yelling at God. And I said, God, I've done everything you asked me to do. I said, I felt like you told me it was time to step down. So what did I do? I stepped down. I felt like it was time for my family to move. So I put ourselves in position. I prepared myself. I prepared my family for you to pour out your blessings. I have done everything. I have lived righteous. I have lived holy. I wasn't being cocky. I was just, I was angry. And I said, it has been nearly a month and there hasn't been anything and, and we don't have hardly any money. And we've got a seven-month-old baby. What are you doing? I just got tears in my eyes. I was just angry. I pull into my driveway. And my phone goes off. I thought it was my dad-in-law telling me to get back to work because something happened. 
And I looked down, and my heart just stopped, and I said, Hello? The other voice said, Hey, Chase, just want to let you know, there's a pastor in the state that has an opening. He wants to know if you'd like a phone call. I said, Yeah, I'd, I'd like a phone call. So I eat lunch, I call Hope, I tell her what just happened. She says, she says okay, that's great, but, but don't get your hopes up because he may not call for maybe another week or two weeks or I don't know. So, so just this is a good first step, let's not get too excited. Why did she say that? Because we were just so iffy at the moment. Two hours passed, I get a phone call, a different number this time. I say hello. He says, hey, Chase, this is Pastor Tim Lott at All Seasons. You got a second to talk? Here I am. Here's the point I make. Sometimes when we say, God, I'm preparing for you to do something incredible, it puts us in tough situations. It puts us in awkward positions. It makes us look a little crazy. Guys, I look crazy when I told my church, my last church, when I told them, I said, guys, I'm stepping down and I don't know where I'm going. Because most of the time, I'll just tell you how it goes in the business. Most of the time when a pastor steps down, it's because he has another place lined up. That's usually a little bit bigger church, usually a little bit better pay. I had nothing except a word from God. And I said, God, I'm going to step out in faith. And every time God has met the need, he has been that faithful to me and my family. 2022, I'm not going to say it will be your greatest year yet, but I'm going to say if you will let it, it can be. It can can be the wildest, craziest, most God-filled year you have ever imagined, but only if you let it. What are your expectations for God this year to do? What do you want to see? What do you want to, what do you want to become? What kind of person do you want to be at the end of this year? What kind of things do you want to be doing? What kind of habits do you want to leave behind in 2021? What kind of people do you want to leave behind in last year? Where do you want to be at now? It's time for us to grow our expectations Because our God can meet them every step of the way. Amen. If you will, let's bow our heads and let's pray. I pray, I pray that this sermon has challenged you, encouraged you. Going into this coming year of 2022, I want you to live your most bold, faith-filled life. Because the whole point of faith is to show that we have trust in the God that can do it all. It's time to take our hands off the steering wheel and say, God, either you're going to do it or you're not. If you don't mind, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to share a brief, brief story, if you will have patience with me. But my dad, at one point when he was pastoring a previous church, He was praying about a financial need. It was several thousand dollars. And he said, he was praying and he was asking God for an, and he, this is what he told God. He said, God, either you are a liar 
or you're going to meet the need. And my dad began to laugh at the audacity that he had just said what he said. It wasn't an hour later that a man came knocking on the church door. And he said, are you the pastor of this church? My dad said, yes. He said, well, um, he said, this is my name. And I told God I had a car I needed to sell. And I said, I told God if he would help me sell it quickly, that I would give a fraction of the money to a church. And he took out an envelope full of cash and gave it to my dad. And it was the exact amount needed to take care of the need. If we, would be, if we would just be confident and bold to ask God and we would prepare ourselves, our hearts and our minds for God to do more, you would be shocked all seasons at what God could do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this, these people. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for their, their passion and their zeal. And God, I just pray that going into this year of 2022, Two, that it would be our greatest year, not because you're doing something different, but because we are preparing for you to move in a greater way. We are preparing for you to do greater things. We're asking you to do more. We're seeking you to do more. We're believing you to do more. Because God, when we are bold and when we boldly approach your throne and ask for more, you're there to meet it. And God, I just pray for every person in this room that throughout the rest of today and this week and this year, that you be with us, that you go before us, and that your spirit would guide us. And God, I just thank you. I praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Let it be so all seasons. Thank you so much. Be blessed this morning. And as Pastor Lot would say, go give that devil fits.